Insane Transformation Podcast, helping executives and consultants idiot-proof their workplace, one innovation at a time. One of my very first patrons, so these are the folks that support the creation of the podcast and the the articles and the YouTube videos and, and all of that content. So one of my very first patrons reached out to me and asked if... He said, look, I love the the way you cover business and innovation. I'm, I'm really happy with that, but I'm not high enough within the organization, and I work for quite a large organization. I'm, I'm not high enough within that organization to really influence any sort of change. And he asked if I would be willing to cover some topics that maybe he could relate to his personal life. And... Uh, I think that there's probably quite a few listeners out there who are in a similar spot, right? You, you like the information, you enjoy the podcast, you find it entertaining, and you're trying to relate the things that I talk about perhaps with business or innovation into your personal life. And so absolutely very happy and open to, to doing that. And that's what we'll cover today. And I've got a couple more episodes where I'll do something similar. And and I hope that you enjoy that. But I guess the point is, you know, for those of you that support the podcast, thank you very, very much because without you, the podcast can't continue to to go on, right? Because we don't look to advertisers and things like that. So it covers the time that I spend to create the podcast and produce the podcast and that sort of thing. And, And also for those of you that do support the podcast, especially for you folks, reach out. If you have ideas, you have things that you'd like to discuss, please let me know. I'm I'm also very open to bringing folks on. So depending upon where you're at, if you're a subject matter expert and there's a particular area of interest for you that you think the listeners might be interested in, I'm I'm more than happy to have a conversation about, about that as well. So without further ado, here we go. I... I think a good place to start is to have a look. If, if you're listening from your, say, your phone, do you have your laptop in front of you? Or, or maybe you're, you're driving in your car. If you've got your laptop there, have a look down at your laptop. Look at the keyboard. Look at the screen. What's the current state of your laptop? Is it clean? Do you have little bits of food, you know, stuck in the keyboard? What's the screen like? Is it covered with a film of dust and smudges and and things like that? Or is it perfectly clean? Almost as the, well, I want to say the day you got it, but if if you're working for an organization, chances are you probably didn't get a brand new laptop and, and Surprisingly, for most folks that get used laptops, they're actually not super clean. But let's assume you had a brand new laptop. Does it look the way it did when you received it? Now, what about your car? 
you're driving in your car, you know, you look down at the floorboard where your feet are, you look at the passenger seat, you look in the back seat if you have one, kind of look at, look at the center console, you know, is the car clean? Is it cluttered? Are there things in there? Now, I don't mean things that maybe you're moving from point A to point B on this current trip, but are things just sort of living in there, hanging out in there? You know, a, an old jumper, you know, sweatshirt, extra pair of shoes, you know, whatever the case is, a bag, something like that. Now, that's that's the personal side of things. You know, in a, in a work environment, it can be similar, right? If, if you are in the office or you are working on a, on a piece of equipment or machinery, the same question goes for you. What is the state of that equipment? What is the state of that machinery? What is the state of the office? How does it look? How does it feel? Okay, that's part one. The way things are maintained, the way things are looked after. Now, part two is, what is your current attitude? What's your current perspective? Are you happy? Are you excited where you're going? Are you focusing on positive things? Are you focusing on negative things? Is it changing rapidly, your viewpoint? Have you been shifting back and forth between positive and negative? I worked with a guy. This is going back, I don't know, probably 15... Uh, maybe a little bit longer, about 15 years or so ago. His name was Terrence. Since meeting Terrence, I, I, I haven't, I, I never met anyone like him before meeting him. And since meeting him, I've never met anyone like him again. He was so unique, so interesting. And he did some things that I have never seen anyone do. And he had a perspective on life that no one has ever come close to. This goes back to the time when I was working in logistics. I had a little logistics uh, startup. And I, I put myself through truck driving school because part of the logistics side of the business is not just receiving and consolidating freight, but it's also the transportation side of things in, in many instances where you actually have to deliver that freight. I put myself through truck driving school. So these are the big commercial trucks, the 18-wheel trucks, right? Your big rigs, your 52-footers. And if you've ever driven a truck or you've ever been on a long drive, you know how tiring that can be. You, you know, you drive, let's say you're, you're in the U.S. and you're, you're driving from, you know, I don't know, let's say you're in Southern California, and maybe you're, you're heading into Arizona or you're heading up north, you're heading into Washington or something like that. You know, you can sit on the road on the highway and you can drive for a full day. You know, you can spend eight, nine, ten hours driving. Have you ever done one of those drives? Did you, did you feel refreshed and energetic after that drive? Probably not, especially if you had uh, kids hanging out in the back seat, tying little uh, G.I. Joes to string line or something and letting them hang out the window behind the, um, behind the car, or behind the, the motorhome that you're cruising around in. 
So that that drive, especially if it takes quite a long time, it's not an easy thing, right? Well, this is what commercial truck drivers go through every single day. You know, they, they get in that truck and they drive. So the last thing you would ever expect to see is a truck driver do his full shift or her full shift, get out of the truck, look at the truck and say, hmm, you know, my truck's not very clean. And maybe at a truck stop or maybe at a rest stop, get out a pail of water and start washing their truck. And yet, that is exactly what Terrence would do. Terrence took the best care of his, of his equipment, his truck, that I've ever, I've ever seen from any person I've ever worked with. Now, that's part one. He was, a, he was dedicated to taking care of his equipment. The other thing about Terrence, and this is why I mentioned the point about your perspective are you feeling positive? Are you feeling optimistic? Are you feeling motivated? I, I worked with Terrence for around three and a half years, I think, maybe four years. Literally, and I mean literally, seeing this guy five, six days a week for close to four years, there was only one time when he came in he wasn't smiling. He wasn't excited. He wasn't happy to be there. There was only one time. And it had been after he'd had multiple runs. He had some other stuff going on in his personal life. And he was he was still quite positive, but he was just a bit, I think he had a cold or something as well. He was just a bit run down and a bit tired. But he still kind of did his best to stay positive. Now, saying that he's positive and saying that he's optimistic doesn't really do him any justice. Let, let, me, let me explain what I'm talking about here. Terrence would walk in at, say, 8 o'clock at night. And he was going to take a, a run of goods, pick up a 52-foot 50, trailer, and probably leave around maybe 9, maybe 10. Depends when the, the trailers were loaded. And he was going to drive that up to Northern California. But every night he would come in early. And the first thing he would do is he'd come into the office and he would greet the guys. Hey, Mike, how you going? What's going on? What's new? Hey, I noticed you did, you know, you made some changes in the warehouse or I noticed you, you know, you, you cleaned up the, the pallet situation or whatever it was. He would come in, he would greet us, he was smiling, he was happy to be there, always, every single time. And we'd say, hey, Terrence, what's going on with you? You know, what's, what's new with you, man? And he'd say, oh, you know, um, you know, kid, maybe my son had a fall at school today, but you know what, he learned something, he, you know, scuffed off his knee and he got to check out the nurse's office and... And whatever the situation was, there was always a positive side to whatever was going on. You know, he might come in and find out that he's got two extra stops as part of his backhaul. So he delivers his normal run. And you say, Terrence, hey, after you do that delivery, we've got two stops for you on the way back. Now, again, think about this. He, he's going to be driving all night, probably get just a few hours of sleep. And then he has to get in the truck drive to another location, wait to get loaded, get loaded, fill out the paperwork, maybe go to the scales, then go to another location, do the same thing again, again on very little sleep, hasn't been home. Um, so we, we would maybe say something like that to him and, and say, oh, you know, Terrence, you might have a couple extra, or not you might, you've got you know two extra stops as part of your backhaul coming back. 
And it didn't matter what the circumstances were. It was whether it was backhaul, whether it was his load being late or we're not sure about the weight. So you've got to double check the weight, whatever it was. He was like, oh, hey, man, no problem. No, I'll take care of that. No issue at all. It didn't matter what it was. And it wasn't fake. It wasn't put on. It wasn't false motivation. He was really okay with it. He was because he knew there was going to be something good to come out of it. He might learn something. He might experience something. But here's the really, really interesting thing. Whenever it came time for a truck to be or a trailer to be loaded early, whenever it came time for an easy run, whenever it came time for any sort of special treatment, who do you think got it? I can tell you with 100% certainty, it was Terrence. Because part of the issue was, you don't want to go and talk to another employee who's going to say, who's going to complain, right? You say, oh, we've got to do these extra two stops. Now, it's out of everyone's control. It's part of the business. You just got to get it done. So there's no point in arguing with the person doing the dispatch and fighting with them. It just makes it uncomfortable and toxic for everybody involved, right? So there might be times where you don't ask another employee because you know that there's going to be some pushback and you just don't want to deal with it. But if you ask Terrence, hey, Terrence, man, would you would you do this extra backhaul? And he'd say, oh, yeah, man, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll, I'll sort that out for you guys. I'll take care of that. And he would do it. But then that meant again that he gets all the special treatment. So if it's an easy day, Terrence gets it. If it's a light load, which is really big, right? Because if you're a contract driver and you're paying for your own fuel, the weight of the load matters and it matters a lot. So guess what? Hey, Terrence, we got a really light load here. Oh, hey, thanks a lot, guys. Man, I really appreciate that. You know? Now, this wasn't a fatal optimism, right? He wasn't just so optimistic to the point that he was, you know, going to get himself in any sort of trouble and say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic and confident that I can just drive for three days straight. You know, it was nothing like that. But it was just whatever the situation was, he colored it in that view that there was something positive about it and there was something beneficial that was going to happen. Maybe not today, maybe not next week, but maybe down the track. And that's really interesting to say because when you have that mindset, you often find that you're open to receiving and identifying positive things that come come out and support you. So that's that's part of the, the attitudinal piece, the perspective piece. Now let me come back to the equipment thing. Now, his truck was not a new truck. I think he had a, a Freightliner. So you know, we've got Kenworths, we've got Peterbilts, we've got Freightliners, things like that. These are all all the big trucks. Now, he drove a Freightliner. It wasn't a brand new Freightliner, but it was spotless. And I mean spotless. You know, he would pull into the yard. The wheels were shining. You know, the tires were sprayed down. They looked great. You know, the outside of the truck was clean. When you walked past the the cab and he had the cab door open, you could smell it just was, it was like, wow, that truck smells really nice. And you would look in, you'd see the floorboards. They were pristine. They were clean. The inside of the dash was wiped down. The windows were clean. There weren't bugs splattered everywhere on the windows and the lights and the grill. Now, that's really important. It's important because 
when we're doing anything and we're dealing with faulty equipment or we're dealing with clutter or we're dealing with an area that isn't clean and organized, it creates something called waste, right? We have extra search time. We have to move stuff out of the way to find the thing we want. Or we want to turn on some piece of equipment, but there's some issues with it, so we have to clean it first. Again, it wastes time. So again, this, this seems like it's probably not a big deal, but it's actually a really big deal. It's a really big deal in terms of efficiency and in terms of quality and our ability oftentimes to put out a good product, okay? But there's flow-on effects from that because it teaches people how to treat us. So let me give you another example. If you were going to jump into Terrence's truck, you didn't jump in his truck with dirty feet. You might stand on the step and you go to jump in the truck and look at your own feet and think, ooh, I'm not going to do that. Now, have you ever been out with a friend who had a really clean car? Don't you, as a passenger or someone who's going to jump into that vehicle, take an extra minute or two to make sure that you don't have stuff on your shoes or that you're not covered in dirt or that you're not going to leave your rubbish or trash or something sitting in the car, right? So his behavior, other people's behavior, helps to teach us how to treat them. How interesting is that? Now think about Terrence again. Now he's got this beautiful clean truck. When you're, when you're running these commercial vehicles, you've got to pull into what's called a way station. And this is run by, if you're in California, where I'm from, it's run by the California Highway Patrol. Now, they're doing their job. They want to make sure that the vehicle is in good operating condition. You know, you've got your marker lights. You know, you don't have any bad tires where you're missing tread. You've got your lights working. You know, the vehicle's regist you know, registered. You've got insurance. You've got all this stuff. But now here's another question. You've got two vehicles pulling into the scales. Which vehicle, Terrence's vehicle, or the average truck that's dirty, that's notably not maintained, maybe got a marker light out, maybe got some questionable tires, which one do you think is more likely to get scrutinized by the highway patrol? It's almost always certainly going to be the truck that isn't clean, that isn't noticeably well-maintained. Because the assumption is that the driver of the clean truck, in this case Terrence, has all of his stuff in order. His logbooks are in order. His truck is clean. It's maintained. He probably has, uh, you know, if let's say there is a marker light, he probably has an extra cover for the marker light or an extra bulb sitting in the truck, which he always did by the way, as well as headlights and as well as an extra mud flap. Things that can stop you from continuing the journey. So again, if you think about your personal situation and you think about what's happening in work, there are a couple things that you can do, not just to make your work life easier, but your personal life easier, right? We can find opportunities where maybe the situation isn't as positive as we'd like it to be, but that we can put a positive spin, and that's not spin's not the right word, but we can use that opportunity for perspective and framing and reframing to find a positive aspect to that. Through our care of our equipment, 
whether it's just laptops, whether it's, you know, just your desk, your work environment, whether it's your car, whether it's your home, whether it's a, a handsaw that you're going to lend to a friend, right? If those things are really well maintained, we are teaching people how to treat us, right? Which is so hugely important, right? Because if you lend something to a friend and you lend it to them and it's dirty and it's, you've got some loose bolts, things like that, how do you think you're going to get it back? You're going to get it back in the same way you lent it out, probably worse. Think of a community kitchen. If the, if the kitchen and the sink is cluttered with dishes, where are you likely to leave your dirty coffee cup? Or do you think you're going to wash it and put it in the strainer? Probably not you're probably going to stick it in the sink with all the other dirty dishes. And then the people around you are going to complain and wonder, why is it we always have dirty dishes in the sink? But going back to that clean truck, you're not going to step into a clean truck with dirty shoes. You're not going to be the first person to leave a dirty mug sitting in the sink or on the counter. Chances are, not always, but chances are you're going to wash that cup and you're going to put it in the strainer. So our view, our perspective, our, our outlook actually helps teach people how to treat us. But our own view of whether or not a situation is positive or negative actually affects objectively, I think, the positivity or negativity of that situation. Because where we stay positive and we find opportunities in an even a bad situation, it does often lead to, quote, unquote, you know, good luck. You know, that person's just lucky. Well, they're not lucky but they're positive and they're looking for more opportunities and they're looking for more positive things to come their way. Another example from my personal life, I had my car get broken into uh, end of last year and I had a laptop sitting in a backpack. It was in the trunk. They broke in the car. They rifled through the whole car, got in the trunk, took the bag, took the laptop and everything. And actually I had two laptops in there, a work laptop and a personal laptop. Everything's obviously secure and locked down. But that's not the point, right? You still have to deal with that, losing that device. And some of the guys said, oh, man, this really sucks. So, you know, so sorry to hear that. And, I, you know, the first thing I said is, you know what? I'm glad it happened. It, excuse me? I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad it happened. What are you talking about, Mike? Why are you glad it happened? Well, because I was working on a book and I had some information that wasn't backed up in the cloud. And that little event that I was kind of a little bit lackadaisical on, backing up some of my content, making sure everything was on the cloud and up to date and things like that, was the catalyst I needed to make sure that, you know what, this is never going to happen again. And that's exactly what happened. So I said, you know, I'm glad it happened because what if I actually had some important information on that laptop that I couldn't replace? Right? That's a really bad situation. But you know what, I'm glad it happened because it gives me the opportunity to learn from it so that in the future, if something like this happens again, everything's backed up in the cloud, okay? So again, we can, we can take whatever perspective we want on things. That's within our control. We talk about span of control and sphere of influence. That is something that is 100% within our span of control, our perception of the situation and how we deal with it. The other thing that's in our span of control is our care of equipment. Right in the Rangers, we, we talk about, you know, our care of our equipment and setting the example for others to follow and things like that. And this, this 
really lines up nicely to the Ranger Creed. Now, I don't expect everyone to be familiar with that. Most people wouldn't be. But it's something those folks work really hard at doing, is taking care of their equipment, you know, setting the example for others to follow and things like that. So you don't have to necessarily make sure all the equipment in the workplace is perfectly spotless, but start with your personal area. If your laptop is clean, if your garage, I'm talking about your work garage where your innovation space is going on, if that area is clean and organized, if the tools are clean and organized and put back and wiped down, everything in your life that has to do with the use of those tools and that equipment will become easier and smoother and more efficient. Anyway, hope this helps. Stay positive. Looking forward to a great 2021. I think there's a lot of great stuff hanging out there for us. We'll see you soon.